All right. All right. We are here, we are with, here the with the 12th, 12th edition of the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo on the line. I have my good friend Action Jackson here with me. Uh, Action, how are you doing on this wonderful holiday season? Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, if, uh, if I was doing any better, I'd be you. Uh, you know, it's just bowl season is upon us. Uh, sports is just everywhere you turn. I tell you what, when I hear that intro music, I feel like a superstar. So, man, I'm just so excited <laughs> to be here with you again. So, uh, yeah, I'm just glad to be back for, for one more installment, man. All right. Well, hey, it's uh, obviously winding up the college football season. season. Uh, but we have several bowls, a whole whole slew of bowls, in fact, to uh, to look forward to including an Arkansas Razorback Bowl and, of course, our other favorite teams, NC State and the Tulane Green Wave. All three of them are going bowling this year. Uh, And I I think maybe we should start off by just uh, uh, telling the listeners about our list we prepared um, for our favorite bowls, the bowls that that we're looking forward to most this college football season. Actually, I'd like to start just by talking about the – the, the playoff. Why don't we start there? And uh, and tell me, tell me, Action, what do you think about the committee's decision? Obviously, uh, Michigan and Georgia were no-brainers, but losses by USC uh, and and obviously TCU on champ- this championship weekend uh, left some questions about who the number three and four teams should be. Uh, we know that the committee has decided on uh, Ohio, put on Ohio State, who did not play a championship game, putting them in as the number uh, four seed and leaving TCU as the number three seed, even though they didn't win their conference championship. Uh, what's, what's your reaction to those decisions? Well, it, you know, Big Mo, I, I think that, uh, let me just say this, I think the committee got it right. Uh, I, I think they got it right. Uh, now that's probably going to upset some, you know, some fans in Tuscaloosa and uh, other places. But I, I thought about this uh, long and hard that Alabama's two losses came from two teams that weren't going to make the playoff. They weren't in playoff contention uh, when they made their decision. TCU lost in their title game. Michigan lost to a team that was undefeated that won their championship. So I think they stuck to their script that they haven't let a two-loss team in. And I think that's why Alabama uh, eventually found themselves on the outside looking in for probably the first time since the playoffs been. I mean, I don't think they've missed. But uh, I definitely I, I definitely agree with the, with the four. Uh, I thought we might have seen a Ohio State-Michigan two and three matchup, but I think they were trying to save that for a potential title game, and uh, which I don't think they're going to get ultimately. But uh, I do like the matchups. Uh, I think they're intriguing. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't really see any of the three teams that are better than Georgia, uh, especially on defense. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, but uh, I, I think I think Georgia repeats, and that's just that's my initial thoughts. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think Georgia's the favorite, but I do think this is a different Michigan team than what we've seen in the past. And so yeah. I'm, I'm certainly not uh, 
I'm certainly not counting Michigan out of it at all. Um, but I, I will say about the decision the committee made, I do have to agree with it. I, I think a lot of people, that's the general consensus, is that the committee got it right. But, you know, this is this is a podcast where we, we get to express our own opinions and thoughts. And I just want to play devil's advocate for just a second, even though I, I do think it. the, the decision it. was right. But let's imagine, and, and I think it's right for, for this reason. Um, well, I, let me just throw it out there. I think the team that should have been the most considered for the for the fourth spot is not Alabama. I think it should have been Tennessee, and I want I want to make that argument here on the podcast okay. that okay. the Tennessee Volunteers, if you just just off of paper, I think they got snubbed. Okay, now. Okay. Ultimately, I don't think they got snubbed because of the loss of their quarterback. For me, that kind of takes them out of the consideration. I don't think they're as good of a team as TCU or Ohio State without their main quarterback, even though they um, they ended the season uh, with a 56 to nothing romp over a hot Vanderbilt team that had been playing some very good football. But... Um, but let's let's just look at the resume here, yeah, shall we? Um, sure. You know, uh, Ohio State again, very very strong record, very strong record for uh, for TCU as well. With of course just that one loss, and I think they bought themselves a lot of leeway going twelve and zero. But let's not forget about Tennessee. Tennessee had a heck of a year. Here was their schedule. Uh, let me, let me pull that up here. Let's see here. Okay, so here here was the here was their schedule. Tennessee, uh, they beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh this year. wasn't as convincing as some people would like, but they but they went into Pittsburgh. Who was ranked 17th in the country? Beat them. Beat beat uh, Florida. They went into LSU. Okay, the same place where Alabama got beat. They beat LSU by 27 points in Death Valley. Okay. Then, if there was any doubt about who was the better two teams between Tennessee and Alabama, they settled it on the field. On October 15th, when they took the goalpost down, beat Alabama 52-49. They they beat Kentucky 44-6. Beat Kentucky as badly as Kentucky got beaten really all year. You ran them out of the building at at their own house, 38 to nothing, or in Tennessee, obviously. Then, of course, they got beat by Georgia. Well, let me ask you, uh, Jackson, who wouldn't get beat by Georgia in Georgia? Who wouldn't get beaten by Georgia? In my mind, that's not even a loss. There's not a single team that's that even Michigan who wouldn't say if they had to travel to Georgia, they wouldn't. You wouldn't expect them to lose, even if they are the number two or three or four team in the country. You're going to lose that game, especially when you have to play at in in Athens, Georgia, right? That's an agreeable argument, and 
So I'm oh. saying I'm 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 arguing that shouldn't even really be kind of a loss because I guarantee you if TCU had to have Georgia on their schedule, they would have two losses too. And you know it. Everybody knows right. it. So then they they play Missouri, who gave don't forget Missouri um, put, took Georgia to the brink. They beat Missouri by forty two points, sixty six to twenty four. They ended the season against Vanderbilt with a 56-point win. They had one slip-up at South Carolina where they got barnstormed by a South Carolina team that just basically lost their mind at the end of the season. And we just saw that South Carolina went into Clemson, did something that no team has done in the past four years, which is win in Clemson, when Clemson had everything Literally, their season was on the line. They were playing at home, and South Carolina still beat them. So when you look at the Tennessee's losses, losses at a just red-hot South Carolina team, who I'm not – I would like to know who can beat South Carolina right now. And and then, and then obviously to the number one team, Georgia, and then two absolutely – well, not just two, but two 100% – Gold star, 10, 10 star wins against Alabama and at a blowout win at LSU. And then you, yep. you, you, you lop on blowout wins against um, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and then wins against Florida and at Pittsburgh. I'm here to make the argument that Tennessee on paper should have been the number four team over a one loss Ohio State and over a one-loss t- uh, TCU. In fact, I think they should have probably been the number three team, but definitely should have been the number four team, except for the fact that they, they, they're down their quarterback. And nobody wants to see a, a, a team that's basically lost its best player in the college football playoff when they know that, that that's not the same team that whooped up on Alabama and whooped up on LSU. It's not the same team. Those those are great those are great points and and uh and, and folks and, and you know it's good to hear that fire and and, and big more voice <laughs> if if you're not a fan already you, you need to sign up and, and get your friends involved because hearing this guy talk sports is is a pleasure for anybody and I I just think at the end of the day the the two lost teams I just don't think they had any consideration for them. Now that yeah. you, you know, you said what you said about Tennessee. I said what I said about Alabama. I just think they had in their mind, look, we're not letting a two uh, two loss team play for this thing. And yeah. so, I think you're right. and they kept to they kept to that. And you know, and now with the expansion, you know, right around the corner, uh, they they wanted to make sure that the the fourteen playoff stay consistent all the way through. And you know, I, I think that's another reason why they uh, why they left the. I just don't think they had any consideration for for either Alabama or Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I definitely but think I mean, you're right. They, they, either way, you know, I mean, whether we like it or not, I think they they they've stuck with the best four teams uh, all the way through, and I, I think I think you're going to see the best four teams of uh, battle it out. Uh, I, I agree with that. I, I I think I think. Michigan's going to get their their revenge matchup that they've been wanting since last year when when Georgia just absolutely dismantled them in the semifinal. I think they're going to get a chance to play them for the title. I, I think it's going to be a Georgia Michigan uh, national championship. And 
Uh, I, I don't I don't have any stock in Ohio State uh, doing anything with that Georgia defense. Uh, maybe maybe for a quarter, but but not not for the game. Uh, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would not count out T- TCU either, and and you know I, I think I mentioned before when when we had these uh, before last you know, week. And, and, and TCU should be undefeated. I mean, I don't know what their coaches were thinking. Uh, you know, you got to kick a field goal in overtime, play defense. You, you just have to, uh, mm-hmm. and and they didn't, and you know they they, they lost, and. Uh, yeah. Gotta, you gotta give your defense a chance to make a stop if you're if you're gonna be a championship caliber team. I think Max Duggan is is probably a dark horse favorite or dark horse for the Heisman, in my opinion. I, I think he's I think he's really good. I don't know which way that that vote will essentially go, uh, but I think we we've seen that. I, I don't think it should go to to uh, to Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, even be, even being hurt. Uh, he, he wasn't playing good in that game against Utah before he was injured. So, I, I mean, we, we can have a whole a podcast about the Heisman talk, but uh, what's going on with this, this bowl mania, uh, Big Mo? What, what, what are your thoughts? Where, where do you start outside of the playoffs? Well, bowl, bowl mania is definitely upon us, and, uh, and uh, to be honest with you, Jackson, I got the fever a little bit this year. And uh, so we got together, you and I, before this podcast, and we made a little list of the bowls that we're the most excited to see in this upcoming bowl season. Now, uh, we're not going to do any predictions today. We'll, we'll get to do that next week before the bowls officially begin on December the 16th. Uh, but I just want to go through some of these bowls that, that just really gets excited to watch football in this this holiday season uh let's let's kick it off with one that that you gave me this is our these are our 12 bowls of christmas uh listeners 12 bowls of christmas and number 12 is going to be the ReliaQuest bowl in uh believe it's in orlando florida if i'm not mistaken I'm sorry, Tampa, Florida. Rely Quest Bowl in Tampa, Florida. This is going to pit the Mississippi State Bulldogs against the Illinois Fighting Illini, coached by ex-Razorback coach Brett Bielema. Uh Jackson, can you let us know why you're excited about this one and how this got on our list? Well, I'm, you know, I, I think that's the one that took the place of the Outback Bowl, which our beloved Razorbacks were in last year. Uh, the Outback Bowl is... Uh, has been discontinued uh, as, as far as I hear. Uh, I, I, I put this one on the list, Big Mo, because I'm, I'm interested to see what, what Coach B, uh, former Coach B, who actually I, I had a lot of love and respect for. I just think he was just you know in a no-win situation at, at Arkansas trying to do what he wanted to do. And I'm curious to see if he can solve the Mississippi State puzzle uh, that you know not very, not very many teams were able to solve this year. Mississippi State is – is uh is pretty good, and uh, I, I just I, I want to see a I want to see a good SEC Big Ten matchup, and I think that's a that's gonna be a dandy. I totally agree. I, I think that uh, my coach teams always show up for bowl games, but Mississippi State is one of the teams that really impressed me this season, and uh, so I, my early prediction is going to be Mississippi State takes that one, even though. Um, 
they, you know, did have a few stumbles, uh, notably against Kentucky, but and and obviously, but other other than Kentucky, you know, their <clears throat> their other three losses were Georgia, Alabama, and LSU. Well, that that can be said for just about everyone. I, I don't think that those are those are uh, you know formidable foes. So yeah, so. I mean, Mississippi State, they're ranked 20, number 22 in the country. Uh, I think they're going to give anybody they play a run for their money. Uh, going to our number 11th bowl, uh, I put the Pinstripe Bowl on the list. And this is going to be played apparently in Yankee Stadium, as far as I can understand. That's uh, understand yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to make that work, but... Um, I, I guess they're modifying. It looks like they're modifying the field. I'm actually seeing a looking at a a rending of of how they're going to uh, basically, I guess, take some seats out. Wow! And, and make that into it's going to be a pretty tight football field. The, the edge of the end zone is going to be probably five feet away from some bleachers, so you don't want to run too far out of bounds uh, at the pinstripe bowl. But. Uh, but the teams we got playing, we got Minnesota against Syracuse. And these are two teams that are both capable of showing up and playing football. Minnesota, of course, uh, took the Bear Bryant, I'm sorry, not the Bear Bryant, but the, uh, the Paul Bunyan, the Paul Bunyan trophy from the hands of the Wisconsin Badgers uh, over a rivalry week in Wisconsin, by the way, in a very impressive win. And Syracuse has two extremely impressive victories on their schedule against NC State, uh, really uh, blowout wins over NC State and Louisville. So um, it'll be a basically a home game for Syracuse being played in New York and all. Uh, but I think Minnesota might be the better team, and that's that's a good recipe for me for a strong ball game. I, I absolutely agree, and, and I think that uh, Minnesota is a team that, you know, typically they're going to get up for a bowl game, and uh, Syracuse is not a name that you typically hear uh, come bowl season. You know, you normally hear them come Sweet 16 or Final Four season. So, uh, I mean, that, that game has a has the potential to, you know, possibly be a track meet, or you, you could see a defensive showdown. So, I'm, I'm very intrigued by that matchup as well. Number 10 on our list is the sister bowl of the Pinstripe Bowl, the Fenway Bowl, which is going to be played, obviously, in Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, that features a matchup between the Louisville Cardinals and the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, Jackson, can you explain why you're excited for this one? Uh, again, you know, it's, it's two, two teams that – Normally, you hear those names, you're, you're thinking a March matchup in, in basketball, but uh, I, I think uh, two two highly highly potent offenses, and you know Arkansas, uh, you know, got the better of Cincinnati earlier in the season, and Cincinnati really didn't look back after that. Uh, I think they, you know, ended up with a, a couple more losses, but uh, I mean, very very good team, and uh, and and Louisville as well. Uh, so I mean, I think it's a it's a game that. Probably, probably is one of those one of those shootout games where you know just whoever has the ball last uh, probably has a chance to win. Absolutely, and and I always love these uh, geographically close bowl matchups. Uh, here we have Cincinnati and Louisville with just a hundred miles separating them 
on the road, but yet they hardly ever get to play each other because they're in different conferences. Seems to me that bowl season is a perfect time for these two teams to square off in uh, in really a, a very important game. Everyone wants to end their season on a high note and to also have some bragging rights for a team just down the road from you makes it even uh, – you know, and, and even in advance of, of basketball season, where they might very well meet as well, it, it just is one more uh, one more reason for these teams to put some extra effort into this game, and I'm looking forward to it too. Uh, next game we've got here is obviously <coughs> one of my favorite teams playing in the uh, what used to be or normally the Belk Bowl. This year is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, that's going to be NC State against Maryland. That's going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that one will be played on, uh, I believe it's uh, December 30th here. Let me see. Yes, it's going to be played on December 30th. So the day before New Year's Eve. Uh, Jackson, who's your your early favorite in this one? Well, you know, uh, I I think everybody would be surprised if I went against the Wolfpack at this point. I think uh, NC State's probably going to win that game. You know, Maryland is such a mystery. You, you don't ever know what what uniforms are going to roll out. You don't know what their helmets are going to look like. You don't you don't know really what you're going to get out of Maryland. Uh, is it going to be the team that uh, Tua Valoa's brother shows up and plays good in, or is it going to be one where he has five turnovers? Uh, so, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that uh, you know NC State's probably going to get after them pretty good, but. It could be one of those, you know, just to, could, could go down as a classic. I mean, you know, getting once again, you know, probably two schools that you're used to hearing playing on the on the hardwood. But uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely my, my early my early favorite would be North Carolina State. Absolutely, well, I definitely have to agree with that. And um, you know, I, I I'm not thrilled with the matchup against Maryland just because. Being an NC State fan, I've seen so many NC State Maryland football games, and it, especially in recent history. I know they're technically in different conferences now, but to me, that's that's a that's a team that's that's kind of old hat for us at this point. And um, you know, I'm, I'm wishing that we would have got a, a different draw than Maryland. Um, but yeah, I, I think our chances of beating them are good. Um, we've been playing some strong football. We get to play, stay in the state of North Carolina, where uh, NC State's been uh, particularly good lately. And, um, you know, NC, NC State's got a chance to get nine wins this year. For, for you losing your, your quarterback, uh, Heisman Trophy candidate uh, quarterback in the middle of the season, that would be a really strong ending for the season. And, um, you know, except for that Boston College slip up, we could be looking at 10 wins this year. You know, you know could, and, could be looking I mean, at 10, 10 wins and, and an undefeated record in the state of North Carolina after uh, those wins over Wake Forest and UNC. Um, that Liberty loss, I, I would I would say North Carolina State probably has a coach that would you know have coach of the year mentions for the for the country. I mean, uh, with the with the job that he would have accomplished, uh, who, who knows with your starting quarterback? So yeah, I mean, it's a great way to finish the season. I think you, yeah. you were ready to throw in the towel, uh, you know, and what a turnaround after after that Leary loss. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
wins wins at UNC at East Carolina and over Wake Forest. Um, you know, and, and we won all of our home games except for Boston College, which you now shields your eyes from that one. Um, that's just one of those games where you just score did not. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of a game that was played in the NFL this past weekend, uh, where where the the result did not really reflect the 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 first. Uh, uh, 55 minutes of the game. <laughs> uh, I think you know which one I'm talking about, Jackson. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a Monday night football game that was for the last two minutes if you're a Bucks fan like myself. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy ending. Nuts. Yeah. Anyway, nuts. Let, let's move on quickly from, from that topic. Um, yes, uh, on to the, uh, <laughs> the Texas poll. We got uh, – this is one that you put on the list, Jackson. Um, you're high on the Texas Bowl. Uh, it's got Texas Tech against Ole Miss in Houston. This is going to be played a late game on December 28th. Uh, tell me what intrigues you about this one. Well, you know, during bowl season, you always have that one bowl that just seems like, man, are they still scoring? I mean, it, it looks like a basketball score at the end. And, and I think this is this is the one for bowl season. Uh I would definitely say if you're whatever the whatever the over is, if you're if you're out there and that's what that's your thing, I definitely hit that over because they're they're going to score some points and they're going to they're going to score in bunches. Uh, so that's what intrigued me about it. Uh, just you know, Texas Tech high flying, high scoring offense, and I mean, not very many teams slowed Ole Miss down uh, the entire season. So uh, yeah, that's that's what intrigued me about it. Okay. I'm I'm fairly intrigued too. The only thing that that draws me off of that game a little bit is uh, is the fact that it's being played on the 28th, which is after the uh, the Arkansas Bowl and the Liberty Bowl. Um, so I may not get to watch that much of it, uh, but it it is it is fairly intriguing. Texas Tech and Ole Miss, you know, um, two pretty good names, you know, kind of B tier names playing each other. And, uh, you know, everybody likes to see scoring. Uh, next one we, we got on here, number seven is the Las Vegas Bowl. And this one here gets me really excited. Oregon State versus Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl. And they're actually playing that early. Uh, let me see if I can get an exact date for you. I, I want to say it's going to be on the... Is on the seventeenth. Wow, that's really early. Yeah, that's that's one of the first 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 Saturday games here, Florida State versus Oregon. But you know, I, I love the fight in these teams. I really respect teams that really fight hard and give it all they got on rivalry weekend, where college football is really at its best. And man, did we ever see some fight from these two teams? Uh, Florida almost got it done against Florida State. I mean, just gave it all they had. And Oregon State did get it done against Oregon. In my mind, one of the really classic games of that matchup. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's going to be a big matchup. You know, obviously we normally ride with the SEC, uh, you know, historically in bowl games. Uh, but that, that might be one that I have to, you know, consider uh, taking – Oregon State because, uh, you know, I know Florida's going to be without their starting quarterback uh, having declared for the NFL draft. He's more than likely not going to play. So, uh, 
a game where I, where I swing towards the beavers. Right, yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's hard to bet against the beavers after what we saw against Oregon recently. And, and frankly, when you look at Oregon State's resume, I mean, you know, that they weren't too far off and, and really still aren't too far off from being considered uh, possibly in the playoff conversation. I mean, it was a very strong season for Oregon State. Very good. Very good. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling up their uh, – the schedule here, they finished nine and three, so nine wins this season. Wow. Um, they lost a close three point game to USC. They got waxed by uh, Utah in Utah, and they lost at Washington. But other than that, it was a pretty spotless record. Um, they beat Boise State, not too many uh, marquee wins, but again, Nine wins on the schedule with a huge win over Oregon to end the year, and uh, they also, uh, you know, made you made uh, action aid a little bit of crow on November nineteenth when he predicted Arizona State to knock them off. That they beat them thirty-one to seven in uh, in the Valley of the Sun and kind of quelled any type of. But yeah, the end of the year, you know, beat they beat Cal by four touchdowns by twenty-eight points. Then they went into uh, Phoenix and beat Arizona State by 24. And then they beat Oregon in just almost legendary fashion. So, Absolutely. I mean, there's some beaver fever going on. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree. Not just a baseball <laughs> uh, school anymore. <laughs> now, speaking of the Valley of the Sun, uh, number six on our list is the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix. And that features the Wisconsin Badgers against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Jackson, I, I sense that you can get up for this one. Can you tell us why? Well, I, you know, I, I picked one earlier because, it, you know, everybody loves to see scoring. When, when I heard this one come across the, the, you know, the monitor, I was like, man, this is, could be good. Being a defensive guy, this could be just total defensive physicality by both schools. I mean, I think it's going to be smash mouth, run the ball, and see if you can stop it. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it, I, think it's, I think it's got the makings of, a, of an instant classic. Yeah, well, I think so, too. When I, when I saw those names and, and the type, the brand of football that both of those teams can play, I mean, and I also love when it's, uh, uh, you know, well, the only bad thing is it's a late game before the, you know, before the Arkansas, before the Liberty Bowl that night. But, um I think it's kind of that 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 part of the schedule where it's right after Christmas and you're totally focused on bowl season. It's on December 27th, so two days after Christmas, Tuesday after Christmas, and that's when people really start to get the fever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, to put just this this to me is a red meat matchup that it's it's hard not to watch, and so I. I probably find myself staying up late on Tuesday night before the, uh, the Arkansas game. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a good one for sure. Yeah. Speaking of the Arkansas game, we got our, our number five slot is the Liberty Bowl, Arkansas against Kansas. And uh, as I've already told you, Jackson, I've, I've got some, some tickets to this game, and I will be heading out there. This will be our our annual uh show on the road in which we do the home field advantage actually 
uh, from or, or on the outside of the stadium before the, before or after the game. I haven't decided which one. Uh, wow. What, but uh, we've got Arkansas against Kansas, and yeah. we both predicted that this obviously is going to be a Big 12 team. Uh, we, we, we were both feeling like it was going to be Liberty Bowl, and we knew it would be a Big 12 team. But you thought it would be Oklahoma. I thought it would be Baylor. I do want to point out that Baylor got uh, just absolutely um, uh, banished to the yeah. Armed Forces Bowl yeah. against Air Force in Fort Worth on December 22nd. So, to me, uh, just had to comment on that. Extreme disrespect to Baylor. Um, yeah, I totally agree. But at the same time, I can't say that Kansas didn't earn a spot above Baylor. Obviously, Kansas uh, finishing with a a strong, uh, I, I want to say, was it an 8-4 and four record? Was it? You know, I'm I'm not really sure. You 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 caught me uh you caught me sleeping on that one. Uh, I know they had won their first five games, and then I think they lost uh they lost quite a bit down the stretch, kind of like Arkansas. You know, we lost three out of four. I think they lost uh huh. maybe six out of seven. I, I mean, I oh, think, you're right. You know, I think I think we ended up with the same uh, abysmal record, and uh yeah, you know, I, I you know we. I mean, of course, surely we're going to break the game down between now and then. But uh, I, I like Arkansas. Uh, you know, uh, Rocket Sanders, the running game. KJ's already decided he's coming back next year. He's already announced that. And, you know, I just think that they are trying to put a statement out there that, hey, you know, we, we were a few plays away from winning 10 games, and we're going to show you why. And I think, I think Arkansas has the potential to make a statement in this game. The only problem is you're talking about probably two of the worst defenses in all of college football playing against each other. So, uh, you know, and it, it, it uh, is a historically bad Arkansas defense. And uh, we're going to have a lot of freshmen on the field. And so the, we see what the future is going to look like. But I, I think I think Arkansas uh, wins the Liberty Bowl and, and uh, gets the ball rolling in the next season. Well, now let's clarify. It's going to be historically bad for Arkansas because – of our defensive coordinator that we've lost, right? Yeah, and, and, and we got some key injuries and, and key, I, I guess, people not playing the ball, right? Could you list a few of those? Uh, well, you know, uh, Bumper Pool had the surgery near the end of the season. Uh, would have liked to see him playing his last games. Uh, but uh, he's going to get ready for, I mean, what I'm, what I'm thinking is probably going to be a good NFL career. Uh, Drew Sanders, obviously, is probably going to be a, second or third round draft pick so he's getting ready for the draft wish he would have played but you know i guess we gotta be understanding uh you know we have uh, offensive players that have left the team and uh you know but like i think we said a couple weeks ago if you don't want to be a razorback just just get on out while the hitting's good because uh we, we want people there that want to play that want to be there uh kj came out and said hey i'm playing and not only am i playing but i'm going to be back next year so let's roll, and uh, you know I, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting because you're going to have some youngsters on the field. Isaiah Satania probably going to be one of your main pass catchers. Uh, Matt Landers, if he decides to play, probably going to be a big uh, key component. Uh, but it comes down to the running game, uh, Big Mo, and, and and to throw some kudos out there, uh, I heard uh, not long before the podcast tonight that Ricky Strongbird was named the best blocker in the entire SEC. Wow. 
Ben wow, Walker. That, that is, that, that's team. some kind of acknowledgement there. And he's already decided that he wasn't going to play in the game, so he's he's getting ready for probably what's going to be a Frank Ragnow-like career in the NFL. So uh, kudos to Ricky Stromberg. Uh, yeah, for kudos for him, for sure. And, yeah. So, you know, I just I think the running game uh, takes us to a win and, and possibly getting a, getting a look at some of these young guys on defense. Uh Give kudos to Chris Paul Jr. He was named to a second team of freshman All-American at, at linebacker, so he's he's going to be starting that game uh, from you know from being a backup to being a starter in a bowl game. So we'll see how well he does. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I do like seeing. Um, I mean, as as much as you'd like to see the star players or the veteran players play, I like seeing the young guys who are going to have step into these roles next year stepping up. And, and using the bowl game as as an opportunity to showcase what they have, so I'm I'm just as excited as that as as anything. And those 15 extra practices are always. I mean, that's one reason you want to go bowling. You want that extra practice time. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. And something something to work for. But you're right. Uh, Kansas is six and six this year. Lost six of their last seven. So, um, but again, the, Kansas's schedule. Don't don't overlook them. The schedule down the stretch was as brutal as. As any as I've seen from from anyone, I mean it was it was TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Actually, they beat Oklahoma State in that stretch. Their one win of the of this of the last seven was against Oklahoma State. Well, wow. if, if that tells you anything about how tough it was, at Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, Kansas State, it was absolutely brutal. For so wow. they're they're a great team, but I do like playing a team that hasn't tasted victory in a while. And I'm hoping yeah. that that we can uh, we can put Kansas back in their place. We're, we're in the football college football pecking order. Um, it would be nice, but they're, they're going to be playing hard. Sanders. It comes down to KJ and Rocket Sanders. I, I think yeah. they're going to give they're going to give Kansas defensive coordinator fits, and uh, mm-hmm. that's just I mean, that's what I look forward to. Next on our list, number four, is the Cotton Bowl. Which features USC and the the USC Trojans and the Tulane Green Wave. Did I read that right? Is that the Tulane Green Wave uh, in the okay. Cotton Bowl? I, I believe you're right. Uh, Man, big my, my heart swells with pride. <laughs> I mean, what what a matchup! Uh, I mean, and you know, Tulane. Uh, what what a season! I mean, for the Green Wave and. And I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mix any words. I'm riding the green wave. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm riding the green wave. The Trojans are if they if they play their quarterback, he's gonna be injured. And I'm thinking the green wave is gonna get all over. So you know, I, I, I like the green wave. Uh, and 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 let's let's get let's get some cotton, boys. Let's let's go get it. I hear that. I mean, I, I would. I would love nothing more than than Tulane to win the Cotton Bowl, but I mean, that is that is quite a big ask, quite a big ask against uh, having to play against who most likely will be um, uh, most likely will be the Heisman Trophy winner uh, shortly before that game in Caleb Williams. Uh, I mean USC, we're we're, we're talking about it, to me. I think in many ways you can say that the Cotton Bowl, this is the most prestigious bowl other than the playoff. I think you can make that argument. 
the the team USC was a team who almost everyone was was assuming was going to be in the playoff. They were assuming they were going to find a way to beat Utah. And honestly, if they just would have made it a closer game with Utah, maybe going to overtime or lost by some kind of bad call or something, they might still have made in the playoff over Ohio State um, with, with two losses because I, I don't give teams personally a whole lot of credit when you don't play your your bowl game and then somehow you, you advance by another team that has to play their bowl game losing. I don't really like that result. But the way USC lost – left a bad taste in people's mouths. Um, yeah. But they're a good football team. I mean, don't forget, USC, I think, is the consensus number five team in the country. They are the yeah. consensus yeah. top team out. And Tulane is the consensus, unquestioned, number one non-conference team in the country. That's what that Cotton Bowl spot is reserved for. So you have the best non-conference team in the country against the number five team in the country. And what I want to know is how is this not the number one marquee bowl out there outside of the playoff? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. And, and you know, and, and outside of whoever wins the championship, I think you would have to give an argument that, that USC could possibly be the number one ranked team when the polls come out next year. Uh, I mean, that, that argument's going to be made because, I mean, Aside from who wins the championship, you know, whether it's Georgia or Michigan or Ohio State or even TCU. But outside of those four, you could argue USC could come into the season next year ranked number one. So what what you're telling me, Jackson, is that that if Tulane Tulane is able to win this Cotton Bowl game, they have the chance to be ranked number one to start the season. Is that what you're telling me? I would I would say that uh yeah I, I mean the argument the argument's going to be made of you know coming coming in next year you know and, and I'm saying outside of the you know the whoever wins the the championship obviously so you could be looking at USC preseason rank number two uh, but you know with, with what they have coming back and you know Lincoln Riley factor would not surprise me if they're ranked number one to start the season. Well, I have to tell you this one. Obviously, being a Green Wave fan, and, and you've already called it, this this to me sets up good for Tulane. It's uh, one of those perfect, perfect letdown games for USC where they're so vulnerable. You've got to have again. I'm not you know we don't we're not an expert on USC's roster, but they've got to have some guys who are sitting this one out, just like Arkansas players yeah. and, and every other team is. But also that they're, they're they're so let down by the fact that they they blew their chance to be in the playoff, blew their chance for a national championship, and now they have to go to Dallas and play Tulane, who's a basically a no name team. You know, it's you know it's just kind of a walk through. You know, kind of a course we're going to beat them we just need to you know beat them real good and just look forward to next year and that's the type of game that those teams lose regularly that's you know a perfect storm big mo because you know you're dealing with college football playoff expansion and and what a segue into next season would it be that Tulane beats USC to show that the mid-majors belong absolutely long in the conversation to play for a championship just like Absolutely. Every now and then, a, a mid-major is going to play for basketball's highest prize. So why not let the same little guy, so to speak, have a chance in football? Absolutely. You know, UCF would have been there a couple of years ago, several years ago now. 
And and Tulane, you know, has, has put together a resume that now they have a chance to show we belong here. A hundred percent. Who would have thought that? Tulane, the green wave. Now they have a chance at the perfect storm in taking over a vulnerable USC team. Well, here's what exactly, and this is this is what I have to ask: is um, you know, Tulane's ranked number sixteen in the country. How can that be when Kansas State just won the Big 12 championship? Kansas State's your Big 12 champion. They're playing Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. And Kansas State is ranked number nine in the country. How are they ranked number nine when Tulane went into Kansas State this year and beat them on their own? And they beat the Big 12 champion. And by the way, TCU, who's in the playoff, they weren't the Big 12 champion. Kansas State was. They just won it. And Tulane went into Manhattan, Kansas. Not Manhattan, New York, but Manhattan, Kansas. And and beat Kansas State on their own field. Yep. So where's the respect? Tulane is going to be playing this game to get a lot of respect that they are due because they have played some really good football this year. And if anybody else thinks that they can beat Cincinnati and UCF back to back, you know, uh, come and try it, because because those teams. I mean, again, look, look at look at all the upsets we've had this year. Look yeah. at Appalachian State beating Texas A and M. Look at uh, and Marshall beating Notre Dame, and look at Liberty beating Arkansas. The, to go going to Cincinnati and then having to play UCF for a championship with former Auburn coach Gus Malzahn at the helm of UCF. Those are not easy wins. Right. But even if you right. thought they were easy wins, look at their one major game that they played against a major conference. It was at Kansas State, who was the Big 12 champion, and they beat them. So, you know, Tulane is, is going to – I think they're going to give USC a lot more than than they're expecting. And, um, you know, I see, I see a lot of potential there. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, uh, so rolling on here to our number three, but hey, that's we haven't even hit our top three, Jackson. I know. I mean, it's crazy. That's how good this bowl season is going to be. We haven't got to the top three, right? Because number three is a game that I just cannot look away from. I can't look away from even. I don't even have I have one of my teams in these games. We've already gone through those games, <laughs> but I cannot look away from the Gator Bowl, Notre Dame against South Carolina. Jackson, give me some thoughts on this. I mean, earlier in the season, you know, you would have thought, well, South Carolina's not even going to make a bowl game. But they have been playing, you know, with their with their feathers on fire. Not their hair. Their 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 feather their feather hair <laughs> on fire. The 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 game cards have been playing just I mean, out of their minds. I mean, the shellacking of Tennessee, who you already argued could have been in the playoff, probably should have been in the playoff. And they just absolutely destroyed them. And then you have yeah. a Notre Dame team that their coach went to LSU and took LSU to the brink of college football playoff. And I mean, what what an intriguing matchup. I mean, you know, you know, you have the the, the quote unquote blue blood in Notre Dame, and then you have a, a pesky South Carolina team that was dead in the water earlier in the season and they've just been playing lights out and 
I think it's going to be a great matchup, and uh, I'm I'm probably I'm probably going to side with the SEC. I'm probably going to be rooting for the Gamecocks and Spencer Rattler. I would I, w- I wish one of our fans would uh, would leave us a comment and do a little research for us. When was the last time a team has in the last three weeks of the regular season? When was the last time? I'm sorry, excuse me. In the last two weeks of the regular season or beyond. So no, no, the latter half of November and beyond. When was the last time a team knocked out not one but two of the of the current top of the current top four teams in the country uh, that that were headed for a playoff? Because that's what South Carolina did. Tennessee was locked into a playoff spot, hundred percent, no doubt about it would have been in the playoff for the same reasons that we talked about earlier in this podcast and for the same reasons that Ohio State made it because Tennessee was actually in the best situation they possibly could have been in because they would have gone 11-1, and but they wouldn't have had to play a championship game because they happened to be in the same division with the number one team in the country, Georgia Bulldogs. So they would end the season 11-1, and and they would not have to play that championship game that would even give them the risk of getting that second loss. They would be in. They beat South Carolina. They're in. A quarterback, no quarterback, there's not even a debate. South Carolina ended that. And then South Carolina the next week turned around and shocked the world again by beating Clemson, who, for all the obvious reasons that we saw after they whipped up on Staples, helpless North Carolina in the the, um, uh, ACC championship, uh, for all the, you know, one loss Clemson, I think that's a no-brainer as the ACC championship, but not, but not with South Carolina. So in my mind, they might be the only team in history since we've had the, the bowl playoff system or even the, BC, the BCS system where the top two teams were taken to knock out two teams, to end two teams' national championship aspirations in the last I mean, two weeks of the year. I don't, I don't think that you would be hard-pressed to find that that's ever happened. Uh, I mean, uh, somebody somebody out there might have an answer for us, but I, I don't I don't think it's ever come down like that where where it's been done by the same team. Uh, like you said, and, and now and now we've got the, the blue blood Notre Dame coming in, who yeah. obviously that they they want to show a lot in in the in the bowl games, and you know they they've got a lot to play for. Obviously, they'll probably be I would assume the favorite team. But South Carolina's the hotter team. So Notre, Notre Dame historically hasn't fared very well when they come up against the SEC. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll see if it we'll see if it's changed. See if they well, they write a new script. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're you're going again, you you're you're digging um for the start of the season, South Carolina wouldn't be top four in their they weren't ranked top four in their division. Not their conference, their division. Top four teams were Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, and Kentucky. South Carolina was number five. So here we are having this amazing conversation where a lot of people are going to be picking a team that started fifth, was was, was predicted to finish fifth in the SEC East, 
against a team that was ranked in the top three in the country to start the season. And they're thinking that that fifth-place team in the SEC East might just pump them. Yep, I agree. That's a heck of a match. I'm looking forward to that one. Number two on our list, we we go out west to the Rose Bowl where we have the red-hot, red-hot Utah Utes playing one of your – favors throughout the season, Jackson, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Yeah, and and uh and I, I, I love this matchup. Uh I, I think that uh Utah's quarterback Caleb Rising is I mean he is I mean he's he's special. He is a special player. Uh I, I watched both games and what him and, and the Utes did to USC in the in the thriller earlier in the season and in the Pac twelve championship game. Uh, I think this right here is going to be an absolute bar fight. I mean, this isn't going to be a, a shootout or anything. This is going to be a war between the Utes and, and the Nittany Lions. And uh, right now, I, I'm, I'm not sure who to pick. I, I want to lean towards Utah, but I'm I'm on the fence right now, uh, to be honest with you. But I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to watch this game, and uh, I, I'll, I'll be – watching just like I'm a fan of, of, of both teams because that's that's where I sit at right now. Absolutely. Uh, I will be too. So we got the Gator Bowl on December 30th that starts at 3.30 I'm sorry, 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN and it's going to be uh, January 2nd at 4 o'clock Central is going to be the Rose Bowl. That's also going to be on ESPN. That leaves our number one bowl, Jackson, that we're most excited about. And uh, I was, I think I was chiefly responsible for picking this one. But this one here just makes my college football blood boil for some reason that I can't even explain. It's just, uh, uh, it's, it's a primal instinct to watch this bowl game. It just, you know, the Alamo Bowl, the Alamo Bowl which is going to go down on, let's get the date right here, Alamo Bowl, December 29th, day after the Liberty Bowl, starts at 8 p.m. Central on ESPN. you got the Texas Longhorns against the Washington Huskies, and there's just something deep inside of me that tells me this bowl is going to be the best bowl of the season. I'm calling it. Right here on the podcast, I think Texas, Washington, these are two teams that don't back down from a challenge and they continually rise up to, to in the moment, you know, and they particularly do well against non-conference teams with uh, Washington, obviously, uh, I, I believe taking it to Michigan State. Was, was it Michigan State that they beat or was it Wisconsin? I believe it was Michigan State, and and you know you talk about picking somebody's brain. You just took my thoughts directly out of my head. That this this matchup, it it, it could go down in the the halls of of uh, college football lore for years to come. And I mean, you have a running back in Texas, B. John Robinson, that you know probably should have had a trip to New York. Uh, I mean, definitely one of the best running backs in the entire nation. Uh, I haven't really kept up with Washington very much, but Washington has just always intrigued me. And uh, I think it's going to be just an absolute 
instant, instant college football classic that you can watch for years to come. You can tell your kids and your grandkids about it. <laughs> I remember where I was. If you could almost say you could you remember the Alamo might even be the Absolutely. the cry for this bowl. You know, and and, and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm remiss that, that that I didn't say this earlier when we were discussing the Liberty Bowl, but I wasn't going to dare say give me Liberty or give me death because as Arkansas fans, we've already tried that this year and it didn't work. Uh, so I definitely yeah. wasn't going to say it, but yes, I believe you will. Remember the Alamo. I absolutely. Well, I mean, so we got the Texas Longhorns here, and I've just been telling you about how Tulane went in to Kansas State and beat them on the road, and and you've got to give them respect. Well, guess who else did that? Kansas State only got beat twice at home. One was by Tulane. The other was by the Texas Longhorns, 34-27 on on November 5th, which was actually once Kansas State hit their stride. Uh, Texas lost a close game against Ohio State. Obviously, they got beat by TCU, or else we might be having a much different conversation uh, about the entire college football landscape if Texas would have won that game, which they could have. And then they lost a close game at Texas Tech by three points. Nobody has beaten Texas this year by more than a touchdown. They got good wins over Baylor, good win at Kansas Obviously, a great win at Kansas State. A forty-nine to nothing thumping over Oklahoma, and you're going to take a team that just beat Oklahoma forty-nine to nothing, which to me already puts this Texas Longhorns team in legendary status just by itself. And you're going to pit them against a Washington team that's won six games in a row, including going into Oregon when Oregon was ranked number six in the country and clawing for a playoff spot and beating them there and then and then running the table out for the rest of the season after that win at Michigan State. Come on. Wow. I mean, I mean something's got to give here. I just don't know what's going to give. I think the only thing it's going to give is when the final horn sounds and somebody just runs out of time. Yeah, yeah, or or just just completely runs out of runs out of gas. They ain't got nothing left. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what a I mean, what a what a slate of games that two masterminds put on that list. Whoever put that list together, I mean, they they should be <laughs> talking heads. They should be getting paid for this. Oh, that's right. It was us. Great job. Great job, Big Mo. I mean, I, I mean I'm always stoked to come on here with you, man, and, and spend some time with you and, and, and talk sports at the same time. I mean, I, I think we say this every every episode, but what a, what a pleasure it is to talk sports. I mean, we've got college basketball going on. we got the Arkansas Razorbacks ranked in the top ten there. you got college bowl season coming up. You know, and and you know, the, the, there's another sport in the NFL that's still going on, regardless of how bad our two teams suck. So, what a time <laughs> to talk sports and to love sports. And, Absolutely. Uh, and what a what a better guy to talk talk it out with. And you know, when when uh when Colin Cowherd or or uh, Scott Van Pelt or Jim Rome start buzzing your phone, Big Mo, I won't be surprised. I hear from you. So. Uh, man, it's always a pleasure. And, uh, always a pleasure. To our Absolutely. Listeners, thank you. We, we can't do it without you. Man.
That's, that's, that's our 12 bowls of Christmas, folks, and uh, we will be bringing you even more analysis of the bowls next week, probably with a, a little bit more uh, talk of some NFL action. Uh, I, being a Saints fan, I just I, I can't go there this week after that Monday night collapse. It's it's too raw. Just two days later at this point, uh, we do have some basketball to talk to, but we're going to have a whole. I, feel, I think we're going to have several months in the future to, uh, to to really get dig down to basketball. But, yeah, uh, bowl season's upon us, and, yeah, it's just a wonderful time to, to be a sports fan. Absolutely. You know, and it's never too, it's never too early to throw out a, 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 a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to, to anybody out there listening to us. And, and uh, Big Mo, just, just enjoy yourself, man, every time you get to sit down and watch sports. And, and I'll do the same, and, and I'll uh, – I'll end it with an amen there. All right. All right. Amen. amen.